Appreciate your presence this morning, especially if you're visiting with us. I want to take just a minute, too, to thank you for our prayers on behalf of Sammy and Craig and ask your continuance of those uh, prayers, and we appreciate your support of our family. I want to ask you this morning, if you will, to, to turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 21. Second Chronicles chapter 21, we're going to be following uh, several chapters right through there and basically referring to some of the verses and not doing a, a whole lot of reading, but uh, I will mention some verses. I want you to write those down, look at them, check it out, make sure that I'm uh, giving correct and right information, and uh, so I encourage you to do that. We have a very important question on the uh, board this morning. It's the title of our lesson, Are You on the List?, and I want you to consider that and think about that as we go through the lesson this morning. So um, we've probably all seen a movie or maybe been invited to some event where we had to be on the list to be able to, able to enter the doors to go into this certain concert or play or whatever it is. You've probably seen that where there's maybe a bodyguard <laughs> sitting at the door that's, that's looking on the list to make sure your name's on it before you can get in, to make sure nobody's trying to, to sneak in. And you've got to be on that list before you can make it into that event or to, into that uh, concert, whatever the case may be. So I, I know several years ago as we went to a lot of WT games, a lot of times uh, People would leave me tickets at the will call window. So I would go to the will call window, give them my name. They would look on there, make sure my name was there, and then hand me the tickets. But if my name wasn't on the list that particular game, I didn't get the free tickets to, to get into the ball game. So uh, that's kind of the comparison and analogy that we want to look at this morning and think about these things and consider them with me today. I want to study with you a list of individuals, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, but it's in Matthew chapter 1 this morning. Um, a lot of times we get to one of these lists in the Bible that we just kind of dread reading because it's genealogy, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the individuals on this list this morning, but so-and-so begat so-and-so, and it goes over and over and over again. That begat just means descendant of or son of. That may be someone's grandson or uh, just some kind of connection to that person. It's not always directly their son, but it may be the grandson or something like that. But here's one of those lists, and like I said, don't, don't dread it because we're going to go through it quickly. But these are, there's three different lists here in Matthew chapter 1. And the, the list begins basically with um, uh, Abraham going to King David. And then the next section of the list goes from Solomon to Jeconiah. And the next section of the list goes from Sheltiel to Christ. So it's just a list of genealogy. Luke has a similar list, but he kind of goes backwards. He starts with Joseph and Christ and go, works his way backwards to Adam. So it's just a list of genealogy and, and people that are uh, kings and dire direct connection and family, bloodlines of Christ. Here on uh, Matthew's list, there's 42 men that are listed, and there's four ladies that are mentioned. Uh, now, they come from all kind of different backgrounds. There's all kind of different... Uh, um, kind of situations that they go through in life. They, uh, some are very ordinary in character. Some are um, heroes of faith, those that are mentioned the heroes of faith. Some are very shady reputation. Some are very wicked and some uh, evil. And uh, some are Gentiles. So there's all kinds of different people that are on this list. And one thing we notice about that and see throughout the Scripture that God is not limited by our human imperfections. And he uses people that we don't expect a lot of times to accomplish his will. 
So he's not limited in any way by, by people or by their um, you know, character or anything like that. He can accomplish his will any way he wants to. But one thing I want to notice this morning, that there is some of the Old Testament kings of Judah, the kings of Judah, that are not on this list. They're not mentioned on this list of Matthew that they are back in the Chronicles, in Kings and Chronicles. And they didn't make the list. And we want to consider a question this morning, why is that? Why are they not on the list? And here's kind of a disclaimer to maybe discredit me real quick, but truth is we really don't know <laughs> why they're not on the list. But I want to consider a few things this morning, and uh, hopefully we can, we can get something out of this by our comparison today. Here's a list of the kings of the southern tribe of Judah. These are um, some of the people that are not on the list. These that are highlighted in yellow that you have listed there, or that we have listed there. Um, and I, let me say this too before we get into it. A lot of these people have maybe three different names that they're mentioned under in the Scriptures. We're going to study some of those this morning that are mentioned by this name in this Scripture and a different name. So it's kind of meticulous and kind of uh, confusing as you kind of go through that. So uh, we're going to go through some of that this morning, but it's going to be quick and painless, so, but, so bear with me this morning. So some of the names that are mentioned are different in Hebrew, that the Old Testament is, is, is written in, and Greek. So it's kind of a different wording and a different name. So some have the same names as kings of Israel, the northern tribe. So it makes it even more confusing in some ways. But I want you to notice here for just a minute some of these highlights that we have. These are men of, these are some guys, we'll start down here, that are not mentioned on the list. They are sons of Josiah. And we have 17, 18, and 20 that are listed there. And it kind of makes a little bit of sense why these guys might not be on the list because the direct descendant or bloodline comes through Jehoiachin or Jeconiah is another name of this guy that is mentioned in Matthew chapter 1. Well, he's the one that the bloodline comes through Christ. So it kind of makes a little bit of sense why these guys might not be mentioned, but we have some more people that are mentioned here. Ahaziah, Joash, and Amaziah. And we have a one queen, Athaliah. She's very wicked, very evil. She's a descendant of Ahab and uh, Jezebel. That's her parents. And we're going to talk about her some more in detail this morning. But, and it may be that these guys are left off the list just because of their connection to this wicked queen, Athaliah. That's probably the reason that they're left off the list. But, you know, there's some other very wicked and very evil kings that are on the list. They are mentioned regardless of, of their character and some things that they've done. They're very wicked, very evil, like Manasseh. So maybe it's just they're not on the list to set them apart to show, hey, maybe you ought to pay attention to these guys. Maybe there's a lesson that's here for you that you need to pick up on. And that's kind of the, the theme or the thread that we want to follow after this morning. So I want to follow um, some of the background and history of these men, of these people, as we get into the story today. And that's why I've had you turn to Second Chronicles. In Second Chronicles, uh, there's a man by the name of Jehoram, and he is the father of this first king that's not on the list. Okay? So Jehoram is the son of uh, Josephat, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's a good king, but this fellow is not so good, <laughs> uh, Jehoram. So Jehoram is his, um, 
as he is the grandson or son of, uh, he's the son of Jehoshaphat, and he's his firstborn son, so he is going to be the, the next king to take Jehoshaphat's place. And he has some brothers that are listed there in, in verse number two. And we see as we go on down into uh, verse number uh, three and four that he's risen up. Jehoram's now made the king in his place, and he kills off all his brothers. He slays them with the sword. He strengthens himself, gets an army behind him, and he kills off all his brothers. And he's a wicked and evil king. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and he did like the house of Ahab, like his mom, or excuse me, his wife. His daughter is the wife of, of or the daughter of Ahab is his wife, which is Athaliah. Okay, so and he did evil in the sight of the Lord, did many wicked and evil things. Now, Jehoram kills off all his brothers. He wants to make sure they don't usurp his throne and take his place. And he was likely instructed to do that by his wife, Athaliah. You remember Jezebel and how that if something her husband wanted or something she wanted, kill that person off, Naboth. You know, uh, Ahab wanted his vineyard, so she had, had him killed off where Ahab, her husband, could have the vineyard. So probably Athaliah has got something to do with this. He did like the house of Ahab, it says here. So what, what does that mean? What did Ahab and his household do, this, this wicked and evil king? Well, you remember that Baal worship, this false god Baal, was at a height during the reign of King Ahab and Jezebel as they were in power. And they were really into this uh, false god worship of Baal. And Baal was considered a fertility god, one that was able to produce crops and uh, for people to produce people, a god of fertility. And it was really based on uh, sensuality and fornication and adultery and uh, just terrible things, temple prostitution and things like that that went on. So very wicked and evil. In Second Chronicles chapter 21, verses 8 through 11, we've got some people that are kind of getting fed up with this. We've got the Edomites, we've got the uh, um, Libba, Libna, is that what? Let me find them my place. Yeah, Libna. The people of Libna are, are ready to revolt because he has set up high places in the mountains. He is wanting all the people of Jerusalem and Judah to commit fornication and evil, and it compelled Judah to do all these things. So they're getting uh, kind of fed up with this. So Jehoram um, is, receives this letter from Elijah. And he said, hey, you're wicked, you're evil, you've killed off your brothers, which are really better than you, and you've slew them with a sword. So because you've done all these wicked and evil things and have compelled the people to worship false idols, uh, a terrible disease is going to come upon you. And then verses, or chapter 21, 18 through 20, the Lord smote his bowels with this incurable, this terrible disease. After two years, his bowels fell out, and he, he died of a very painful and terrible disease. And the people made no burning for him, it says there. And he de- and there in, verse, in that last verse we have listed, chapter 20, it says, And he departed without being desired. I like what it says in the New King James. He departed to no one's sorrow. No one was sorry. No one was upset when this guy passed away because he was so wicked and so evil. So he dies. So now his son... Ahaziah, the first one on that list that we noticed in Matthew chapter 1 that wasn't, wasn't on the list, is, is we're going to get to him now. So we have this, let's examine these three Old Testament kings that aren't on the list. 
So in 2 Chronicles chapter 22, verses 1 through 4, we see that his youngest son, Jehoram's youngest son, Ahaziah, is taking the throne now. Now his mother's name was Athaliah, the wicked queen, and his mother was his counselor to do wickedly, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord to his destruction. Again, following after the ways of Ahab and that false Baal worship, terrible things happening. So... We have Jehu that we notice in chapter 22 and verse number 9. Now, he was instructed by God to cut off the, children, the, the family of Ahab. Anyone who was kin to Ahab, he was out to get them. He was going to kill them, kill them off, because his family should be cut off according to God. So he finds Athaliah, or not Athaliah, excuse me, Ahaziah, and kills him off. Okay, So his wicked mother decides that she's going to be the next one in charge. So she kills off anyone who might be the next of the royal seed. We find this in chapter 22, verses 10 through 12. Uh, She arose and destroyed all the royal seed of the house of Judah. Okay, well, she had a daughter by the name of Jehoshabeth. Now, Jehoshabeth found uh, Ahaziah's son, Joash, and decided she was going to hide him and steal him away before the wicked queen was able to kill him. So she hid him away. Now, her her husband's name was Jehoiada. He was a priest and a good man. And that's probably why this lady didn't turn out to be wicked and evil uh, like the rest of her family and Jezebel and Athaliah uh, because of his good influence upon her. He was a very good man, Jehoiada. So they hid him away in the house of... Uh, house of God, and just away with them as their family, and rose him as their own kid, raised him as their own kid for the next six years. So they're just hiding away, and Athaliah is ruling in Judah um, for six years now as a queen. Now in Second Chronicles chapter 23, verses 1 through 3, when Joash was seven years old, Jehoiada uh, strengthen himself. He gets an army behind him. He gets a bunch of people behind him. He calls for the Levites of the land, and he uh, gets the chief men of Israel, and they all come together, and they put a crown on Joash and make him king. They made a covenant to make him the next king of Judah. So uh, Athaliah hears all this noise and racket going on. There's trumpets. There's music playing. There's praise. There's celebration. And she comes down to see what's going on, and she sees this young kid there with a crown on, and they're making him king just right outside the temple. So she comes down, and she tears her clothes, and she says, treason, treason. This cannot be the king. There's no children. There's, no, there's none left, because she had killed them all off, she thought. They were all dead. Well, they said, Jehoiada says, you take her out, you slay her, to kill her. And the priests say, well, don't do it here. Get her out of the temple. So they haul her over to the horse gate by the king's house, and they slay her there. And they said, anyone who follows after, kill them too. So now we have a young man by the name of Joash that is not on the list. That is the next king. Now, again, we mentioned Jehoiada, which was the man that's kind of raising this kiddo up, being his his dad at, at this point. And he makes a covenant between all the people. Look in chapter 23, verses 16 through 18. And it says, Jehoiada made a covenant between him and between all the people and between the king, Joash, that they should be the Lord's people. 
Look, let's be the Lord's people again and do what we're supposed to do. Then all the people went into the house of Baal and break it down and break his altars, his images into pieces and slew Matan, uh, the priest of Baal, before the altar. Also Jehoiada set things back in order. He appointed the offices of the house of the Lord. He, the priest and the Levites, they started burnt offerings again. As it is written in the law of Moses, started doing what they were supposed to do again. And look in verse number two, how it says, Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord in the days of Jehoiada. So let's talk about that for a minute. You know, he started out real good. And he started out, uh, he had set in his heart to repair the temple, to repair and put in order again the things that had been destroyed in the Lord's temple. So they, he made arrangements, made uh, uh, you know, started raising money for this process uh, to restore everything back to its original state and original order that it was in. So he had this good thing in his heart, and they worked hard on that, and they restored the temple back to where it was supposed to be. But in chapter 24, in verse number 15, unfortunately, Jehoiada dies. And the first thing that happens is the men of Judah come in, and they start talking to Joash. And Joash... Uh, uh, listens or hearkens to them. So they come in and start talking to Joash, and the king hearkened unto them. They bow down and say, hey, hey, we need to do things a little bit different, differently. So they left the house of the Lord God. They left the church, if you will. They left the house of the Lord of God. They served groves and idols, and wrath came upon Judah. Things, bad stuff started happening because they had turned away from God. And God sent them prophets to say, you need to turn it around. You need to start doing what's right again. And they would not listen. They would not give ear. They wouldn't listen to those warnings that came to them. Because you have forsaken the Lord, this guy named Zechariah, this is the son of Jehoiada, he comes in and says, look, you're not doing what's right. You need to turn this around. And they said, we don't want to hear that, and decided they're going to kill him. So they stone him with stones in the court of the temple. So he kills off Jehoiada's son, and he doesn't remember all the good things that Jehoiada had done for him. And actually kills his son. Now his servants are getting to be a little bit tired of this. <laughs> In 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verses 23 through 25, that by the end of the year, the king of Syria had come up against this man, Joash. He'd come up against him and... and um, Things were not going good. He was wounded in battle, and he was uh, about to. He was on his bed, and his servants slew him there in his own bed and killed him, killed him off. And also, I want to notice there in verse chapter twenty-four, verses twenty-three through twenty-five, it says they buried him in Jerusalem, but not in the sepulchres of the kings. He wasn't allowed to be in the sepulchres of the king because he turned away and done evil. Something also I want to point out here: a lot of times. On those lists, you might have noticed earlier, it said this guy was a good king. Well, <laughs> he wasn't so good in the end, so I guess that's a matter of perception. He started good, but he did not finish good. And certainly we want to pay attention to how we finish in our life. It's a good indicator and lesson for us to learn today. So let's talk about the final person that's not on this list today, that king that's not on the list, and that's Amaziah. Now this is... Uh, um, Joash's son, and he is 25 years old when he begins to reign. And look what it says in verse number 2. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Not with a perfect heart. 
One of the first things that Amaziah does when he becomes king, he starts numbering the people. And you'll know, you recognize when people start numbering the people, it's a, it's a sign of pride a lot of times in the Scriptures. And that's exactly the, one of the difficulties that this man has in his life. Well, he starts numbering the people, are able to go to war. He notices the 300,000 men that he has. And he thinks, well, that probably ain't enough. I need to hire about another 100,000. Uh, and he does that from the Israelites. And he hires another 100,000. Uh, he's fixing to go to war against the people of Seir, is what it says in Numbers chapter 25, verses 5 and 6. Uh, so a man of God comes to him, and he warns him and says, Look, God is not with the people of Israel, and if you take them with you, you're going to lose this battle. So he sends all those people home, he goes on to battle, and he has this great victory over the people of Seir. And he starts getting pretty prideful after that, thinking he's pretty great, and he has this wonderful and great army. And one of the things that this guy does that is very amazing, it's weird, uh, why would you do that? Um, he takes the idols of the people of Seir and brings them home with him and sets them up to be the, his gods, his false gods. And he starts burning incense to them. And a prophet of God comes to him and says, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? The, these false gods that these people serve uh, that couldn't save the people that you just defeated, now you're making them your god. These, these false gods have no power at all. And he said, I didn't call for you to be my counselor. I don't care what you have to say. And he refused to repent and actually said, uh, you fear for your life? <laughs> I can kill you right now. So he threatens to kill this guy. Uh, so Amaziah in verses 19 through 22, he's just filled with pride. His heart's lifted up. He's boastful. He thinks he's really something with his tough army. So he is taking, uh, so he goes to army to battle, excuse me, against Joash, the guy that we just talked about, that's not the same guy. <laughs> Joash, king of Israel, another guy with the same name, king of Israel, and he is taken captive. And they take him back home. They break out a section of the wall there around Jerusalem. They go in and, and take t gold and silver out of the temple, and um, they take treasures of the king's house, and then they let the king go. People are fed up with it. And they are, are ready to kill off Amaziah. He runs out, runs away uh, to um, Lachish in verse number 27 that we have listed last on the board there, or on the PowerPoint. Now after the time that Amaziah did turn away from following the Lord, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. And they followed after him, and they slew him, and they killed him there. So now we have all these kings that are, have died off. And I want to consider some possible reasons and things that we've mentioned and studied this morning so far, why these men didn't make the list. Here are some possible reasons that we have. Bell worship, idolatry, hate, uh, you know, witchcraft, all these things that went on. He followed after the, the house of Ahab and those wicked and evil things it says about Ahaziah. He murdered all his brothers so they wouldn't usurp his throne. Joash listened to... Uh, other people that came in, he was deceived. He listened to these wicked men. He gave in to peer pressure. Uh, he refused to repent, murdered others, forsook the Lord. Amaziah, look at the things he did. It said, with, not with a perfect heart. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. He was unloyal. He numbered the people. He trusted in himself, self-reliance, not fully trusting in the Lord. 
All these are things that possibly had got these guys off the list in Matthew chapter 1. So we have a list, and we've mentioned this list several times this morning, and this is the comparison that we want to make today. A list. And you may say, well, what are you talking about? What, uh, there is a list, and you want to make sure that you are on the list. And that list is the book of life. What is the list? It's the book of life. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 12, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And notice chapter 20 in verse number 15 in Revelation, where it says, If you're not found written in the book of life, you're going to hell. You're going to be cast into the lake of fire. So it is a list you want to make sure that your name is on. And that's why we asked the question, first thing this morning, are you on the list? And of course that begs the question, well, how do I get on the list? How do I make sure I'm on this list today? Because I don't want to go to hell. I want to make sure that I'm in the kingdom of heaven, that my name is written in heaven. So how do you do that? By obeying the gospel, by being a Christian, being a follower of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 23, there's a general reference that is given to the church, to the assembly, and it says that those are written in heaven. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 47, and it talks about in verse number 32 and 38 of how you, um, how you become a Christian. You repent and be baptized. And they were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Repent and be baptized, your name will be added into the book of life. You obey the gospel, that's how you get your name on the list. You must believe. In John chapter 8 and 24, if you don't believe that He is, you're not going to be saved. You must believe that He is as the Son of God. You must repent of your sin, Luke chapter 13 and verse number 3. I know we're going through these things quickly. But these are things you have to do, and we'll be happy to study these uh, with you if you have questions about it. Confess. Believe and confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and He'll confess you. But if you don't, you cannot be saved. The Bible says, to be baptized into Christ, 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse number 21, to be baptized is a part of salvation. And you must remain faithful. You cannot turn away as these men that we've studied this morning have. You can't be, uh, you know, uh, follow after God and then decide and walk away, turn your back and walk away from Him. It's just like crucifying Him anew or afresh, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. So you want to, again, make sure that you're on this list. This is how you do it. Can I be removed from the list? Well, the answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> These people didn't make the list, and we want to notice that, hey, there's things that we can do in our life, to be blotted out, to be taken off this list as well. Just like the kings we uh, discussed today, they started out well, but you've got to end well. They did what was right in the sight of the Lord at first, but then they left. They forsook the Lord. They turned their back on Him. Where is your heart and where is your loyalty today? In Revelation chapter 22, in verse number 19, look what it says there. It says, uh, and if any man shall take away from the words of this book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. So you can be removed from the book of life and out of the holy city and the things which are written in this book. 
In Exodus chapter 32 and verse number 33, we had the, the children of Israel as they left Egypt, and Moses goes up on the mountain, and uh, they make this golden calf as their God as he's gone, the one that delivered them out of Egypt. And he comes down, and he is, God is ready to destroy them. And he says, whoever has sinned against me, him I will blot out of my book of life. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20 through 23 is like Hebrews chapter 6. And it says, after they have escaped, you come to the knowledge of God, you come to know Him, you become a Christian, a follower of God, through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But again, you become entangled in sin, and you're overcome with sin, and you practice that, and you do that all the time in your life. It'd been better for you not to even known the way of the Lord than to turn away from that commandment delivered unto them. So what will get me off the list? I want you to consider a few things this morning that can get your name off the list because none of us want to be in that condition and be in that predicament. You don't want to be taken off that list. And notice in Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 27, there's three things that are mentioned here. And there shall in no wise enter into it, into heaven, anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but, that which are, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So notice the three things that it says there. It says defile, or defileth. So that's to make unclean, to make wicked. So repetitive sinning without repentance, having a wicked, evil, defiled heart, a defiled life. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 19, it talks about this word defile or defile. And it's what comes out of a man, what's in his heart, that comes out of his mouth, what you speak, the things that are inside. It says in verse number 20, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, thefts, fornications, blasphemies, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. All these things come from inside a man in his heart, and they defile him, make him dirty. So evil thoughts. Evil thoughts is something that I need to make sure there's not a constant process and constant way of life for me. I've, I've got to turn my heart around. I've got to repent. I've got to do these things that God wants me to do. Who or what do you serve today? We have this word abomination. Abomination kind of makes us think of idol worship. Well, who, who do you worship? Who do you serve? A lot of people serve themselves. A lot of people serve um, the world. So what is idolatry? Idolatry is simply putting someone or something in front of God, whatever that is, whether that's your family, whether that's entertainment, whether that's your work, whatever it is, God's supposed to be number one. He's supposed to be number one on, on the list and got to be your first and foremost. We've talked about pride today. Pride is something that can get us taken off the list. When we get to thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, like Amaziah did, he become lifted up in his heart. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty tough. I can do this on my own. Self-reliance, self-pride, and pride in yourself, and thinking more highly of yourself, and self-righteousness, arrogance, conceit. That's something that can get us off the list. Refusal to repent. We talked this morning about some of these kings and how that prophets went to them and said, you need to turn it around. You better quit doing what you're doing. And they refused to repent and turn away from their wickedness and from their evil. What about you? That's something that can get each and every one of us off the list. 
We see what God wants us to do when we study His Word, and then we walk away and we don't do that. We're like the man who sees himself in the mirror, in the glass, and he just walks away and doesn't do anything to change his life and change his heart. That's going to get you off the list. Refusal to repent. Following the crowd. We read about the man earlier today, or studied the man earlier, Joash, that gave in to his friends and peer pressure. You ought to do this instead of what God says. And he refused to repent. Being hard-hearted. Having bitterness. You know, maybe things are going rough in your life and you have bitterness and you have hatred and discouragement and disappointment. And all these things can overcome us if we let them. And it will get us off the list if we don't watch it. And he that maketh a lie, it says there in chapter 21. He is this a liar that is full of lies. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For the things, uh, excuse me, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Doing the will of God, how important that is in our life. That will keep us or get us on the list. Obedience to His commandments. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, or excuse me, 11, verses 26 through 28, it talks about the law being a blessing to those that follow after it, that obey the commandments of the Lord, but it's a curse to those who don't. So if you don't follow after the commandments of God, it's a curse to you. It's a stumbling block in your way if you don't follow after it. His, his desire is that we follow after His will and be obedient to His commands. David Richberg and I were talking earlier in the week, and, and we started talking about, you know, the more that you, you study the scribes and Pharisees, David said, the more I see that we're like them. <laughs> and that's a little bit of a scary thought. Because God says a lot of, or Jesus said a lot of uh, negative things about the scribes and Pharisees. But it's really a true statement. One of the things that the Pharisees did was compare themselves to others. Well, I'm better than this guy. And that's something that we do all the time. You remember the uh, uh, Pharisee and the publican as they're praying and how the Pharisee despised others. He said that that parable is written to those that despised others, loved not others, compared himself to others. Father, I thank you that I'm not like this guy. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess, all these great things that I do, do and am doing. That's something that'll get us off the list. Because you remember in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 20, that the Bible says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no way enter into the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to enter in. So we need to make sure that our righteousness exceeds and we overcome which brings us to a close here in Hebrews, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 5. Overcome so that our name won't be blotted out. Here the writer is, is, is writing to, to the church in Sardis, and this church is nearly dead. Almost everyone there has defiled themselves, and they're just nearly dead. There's a few there that are left in white, and he's encouraging them to remember 
and do the first works, to go back and follow after the Word of God, to obey His commands, to repent, prepare for His coming, be watching and waiting and ready for His return. You remember the book is about a lot of persecution is coming your way. You better be ready. You better be ready to endure these things that are coming your way. And he says, he that overcomes, he that subdues, he that has the victory, he that conquers, I will not blot out his name in the book of life. He'll be in the book of life and he shall be saved. And that's certainly the condition that we want to be in today. So consider these things that we've talked about this morning. Overcome. Don't let the things of this world get you off this list. Focus on what is right, what is true. As we, uh, we didn't really mention these things in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9, and 10. But I want you to encourage you to look at these things and look at your life and see what am I doing. Is there things on this list that I need to, to make changes in my life? And don't fool yourself. Don't be deceived. Unrighteous people are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Shall not inherit. Works of the flesh. Those that practice or do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Consider your life this morning. Are you on the list? Make sure you are before you leave today. If there's anything that the church can do to serve you in any way, please come forward now as we stand and sing together.